God, Audio Face is such a well-oiled machine. Can't wait for PowerPort to get like that. And then... <laughs> and then the world... When the world needed him both the most, he vanished. <laughs> Listen, publishing is... I mean, it's breaking my brain and breaking my soul, but like the publishing is going sensational. That's all that matters. That's exactly. Who needs a soul when you have views? Right. Um... Audio Face, we're an irreverent podcast about music, news, and culture that mostly matters. I am Sean. I'm Dan. And this is episode 250. 250. If Audio we were Face. not such busy people, we would have made more fanfare, we would have like gotten more guests together and all those different things. But um, we, we, we're still doing this podcast by the hair of our chinny chin chin, um, mostly mine. And um, we are... We, we've got a great episode, you know, just nice casual audio face for y'all with three albums. Sean, take it away. Yeah, so we have three album reviews. We have Actual Life 3, January 1st to September 9th, 2022 by Fred again. We have The Waiting Game by Junior Boys. Um, may or may not be featuring special guest in that review. Um, and then Love for Rent by Smino. So four very, four, three very different records. Thank God not four, Jesus Christ. Um, albums that we've been looking forward to getting to, um, Junior Boys, like we have that bonus episode that is exclusive for Syndicate 23 members. So, um, syndicate23.co, um, slash join, join so syndicate23.co. I joined as okay, yeah. One of the I, I gotta literally put a post to note here <laughs> to fucking read everything one day. I will do that because <laughs> I get everything backwards. Um, it's okay. but to get that episode because that's actually that was one of my favorite bonus episodes we've ever done with. Um, Power Report's own BAM in there and um, also from Green yeah. Podcast but definitely check that out at join.syndicate23.co anyways exactly. no singles this week uh, check Hell out no. give us some uh, hot new singles love on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash audiofacepod where we are pumping videos into your bodies we have a ton of new subscribers we really appreciate that and um, we also very much appreciate Peter who is mastering all these episodes he has also um mixed the and mastered the pile up creature record that we did a couple episodes back that you can check out too for that luscious sound quality so for all of your audio production needs go to at pjs mixed it on insta that's at pjs mixed it on insta thank you peter with that Always um thank you, peter. october has ended uh members appreciation month has ended we roll into november and you know november has come when it has come, come away Damn it. <laughs> and so we have the Arctic Monkeys and 1975 bonuses available for Syndicate 23 members on video. The video is exclusive to Syndicate 23 members. The audio is available in the podcast feed, so check that out if you do not have it already. Members exclusive entirely, podcast and video, is the Junior Boys bonus with BAM, as we just talked about. And um, a wonderful little ending to that will be coming soon. A serendipitous little ending to that as well. And... Um, the audio face video archive so as of episode 250 not only will you have episodes you know like 200 through 250 available through the uh syndicate 23 backlog but you also have going back to 100 with a couple of exceptions here or there um you have the entire audio face backlog and so um you can go at the syndicate 23 membership you get all of those episodes pretty much like all there um so remember to become a syndicate 23 member to get all of those we really appreciate you for all of that um that was a e- lot even of a pod- <laughs> even a podcast <laughs> we we uh yeah at my house we took basically 36 oh, render hours the mac all hail Nuts, Tim, right? Tim Cook and his water breathers. <laughs> all hail Tim Cook and his water breathers. Dude, I dude, I'm cooked. I'm sorry, I can't. <laughs> You're cooked. Yeah, I'm telling. I, I got the iPhone right here. I'm I'm step ahead of you, dude. You gotta. That's it. It's then, game no, over. Hold, 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 hold. We didn't have a tensor do it because it's literally impossible because a Chromebook can't run Premiere. A Chromebook can't do it. Yeah. But um, I would absolutely listen. I would buy. I Dan from the internet purchase a Mac computer as long as the screen was a touchscreen. iPad won't count here. because much like a Chromepad or a Chromebook, I cannot run Premiere on it. And so, um, 
That being said, let us now jump into first album review of the week. All right. So um, we have uh, Fred Again's Actual Life 3, January 1st to September 9th, uh, 2022. Literally, as I read that, Spotify crashed. That's okay. 13 songs, 40 minutes long. This is the third in, as you can probably infer, uh, Fred Again's Actual Life series. These are yeah. more or less have been his albums that piece together a lot of the you know projects and things he's been working on, especially since 2020. And you know, I think Fred again has really gotten a lot of prim- a, a lot of attention over the past year, especially for these really raw emotional tracks that dig into. They're the raw emotional tracks that have voice recordings and different feelings within that. They have really nice house beats surrounding them. A lot of times they're really bumping and energetic, but a lot of times they do that bliss point thing in EDM that happens without making it too obscenely annoying or obnoxious. And so this is the latest culmination of that. Um, I liked a substantial number of things on this album. Uh, Sean, what did you think? Yeah, actually, yeah, I like it. Um, th- there's a lot of sounds, a lot of things in here that I enjoy. Um, I, like the opening track, uh, Ilar, uh, Shutters. Every Each track has a little thing in parentheses talking about it. Um, but I like how it's unapologetically EDM without being like obnoxious EDM that we've been getting a lot, right? It's stripped back. It has a lot of house beats, a lot of things that I like to hear, like with Delilah, the third, just technically third, but it's like track. really like how it's pasted with that um it plays out very well for an album which is nice um because i feel like we reviewed um yeah we reviewed um actual life the april 17th to december um 17th i don't think so like i I mean at least i don't remember maybe you had like a recommendations thing around the maybe i I definitely remember listening to it and it was like so to me i like go ahead yeah so, so I don't know. I was just saying, like comparing it, I like this one a lot more. All I was saying lot, is that, that um, to me, Ghost producer Kyle introduced me a lot to Fred again this year. So I definitely think it was oh, a 2022 okay. thing. Okay, gotcha. Uh, well, I said I definitely listened to it, but like with it, I know like with Fred again, a lot of people expect like banners or different other things with it, and it's nice where this is stripped back a little bit with that, so it's a lot more introspective and. Uh, quieter type of EDM, but it's what I prefer. There's some tracks... I mean, like, the the Delilah is, like, pretty banging, to be fair. And you do have a few tracks that are like that. And compared to other records we've heard this week, more on that later, you definitely do have a fairly energetic record here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But not, like, absolutely in your face, because, example, like, in the middle record, you have Nathan, uh, Daniela, I think Kelly as well, that are... A little bit like slower with it and it reminds me a lot of zoo which it's like that type of edm i really enjoy because i like that more introspective and chiller beats with it and that's what i've i like within this compared to his other actual life um projects that have gone on danielle especially i think it's a little bit of a slower thing does a lot with that slower I, I guess approach and yeah the interludes between people talking to each other that are kind of like these really intimate moments that are being shared between couples or friends are really pepper the 
songs well in ways that traditional mm-hmm. vocals wouldn't. Like, yeah, what Sean's saying, I think what Sean's trying to say is like, this isn't traditional like big room EDM where there's no. a massive buildup and then a drop. It's, you know, electronic music is as it is, but this does not fit in that motif at all, thankfully, because for not just the past couple years, like we've talked about the drone of trap, but EDM is much worse. It's been like this for EDM about is a, horrible. It's been like this for about a decade. And you have, you know, gems that come yeah. out here or there and things that are, you know, more indie approach or more alternative approach, but they're so synthy or so electronic that you kind of bunch it into EDM out of just, you know, shame and pity. But there have been some years for the Audio Face Awards where it's one of the those it's probably the genre category that most often has been slim pickings in our this will be our sixth audio face award coming up this year so in our five past years of doing awards so i am glad that this year is a lot different you're getting artists that are doing Mm -hmm. more unique things on the electronic music game and uh can definitely say the same with fred again here danielle is one of those moments where it's a little bit slower and smoother but I think probably my favorite song is Clara, song 11 at the end. Because, Clara, yeah. Yeah, it gets very energetic and... Yeah, I really like that jungle Fred again. That's like probably one of my favorite Fred again tracks. It's a very big favorite. Like a lot of people like that song. Yeah. And Claire, you kind of get a lot of that hype, a lot of that fun and intensity. But I like that you have right after that Winnie parentheses end of me, which brings it all back down. And there's a remarkable I definitely wouldn't say this is the most cohesive project, but there's there's a surprising amount of connection between the tracks um i haven't heard the other actual life projects so i'm not sure sean maybe you could provide some context to that if there was some overlap if you feel like songs on actual life three belong on three as opposed to actual life two or actual life one no because like uh no because they are they are different projects like some of it some of those earlier um actual lives are um like more funky and they have different things like um yasmina and hackney on i think that's actual life one if i'm recalling correctly just that's just rifling off the top of my head um um uh where you get those more funky stuff so when you get over to this record where it's a little bit more housey but it's a lot more chill in that regard compared to some of his really early work. It's nice to get that. And I like it a lot. Um, I was listening to, or I heard a, a few other people's like that wanted a little bit more hyphy typhiness, but I will never agree with that ever. So yeah. um, I'm, I, I, I'm impressed with this one. I like it a lot. That, that mimics what Kyle, who of course, Fredigan had said when he went to a listening party, he said that on solid, it's it's solid on first listen and a lot of fred again fans are going to be looking for like a boiler room type of album but of course they won't be getting that no that's not a boiler room album yeah on first listen he said it came off as kind of samey but he does say that he does and he's a big fred again fan so maybe he's just like Mm -hmm. listened to a lot of it he's seen them like a lot of times so he has a lot of saturation there to be fair but he says it peaks in a really beautiful way and the last few tracks Mustafa, Clara, Winnie, take you on a roller coaster that sums up yeah. the project pretty perfectly. And so I think that's the distinction. It's not like you get an energy in those last three tracks, again, mm-hmm. not counting the outro because it's like just a little snippet, but you get a lot of this, an energy that helps you work through actual life three, I mean, actual life as a project between all three of them. But from what Sean's saying, they all sound really different, which at least makes someone like me who's upper or higher on the fret again, like iceberg than you or Kyle are want to like dig into more and hear um, more of like the evolution of what he's gone to. Yeah. I mean, overall, I think it's a good project. Um, And it's nice this year to get a lot of different EDM sounds and, and ideas and different electronic things, which we've desperately needed. 
<laughs> especially on audio face because there was a time like last year i was like i'm not gonna fucking review electronic album it's just not worth it you know and it's good and i think that i hope that this grows on a lot of the fred again fan base that wants more boiler roommates you know more really baners and stuff i want them to, to branch out and and really get to dive into different styles of electronic music so um i think it's a move in the right direction for him it's it's a good sound and it's nice that you know, compared to the other actual lifes, it's good. It's it's uh, it's probably my favorite of of his actual life series. So, I mean, the chaotic version of me is actually <laughs> like good. All the people who want the big room stuff, like, please filter out of EDM slowly. Like, <laughs> it's almost like my Los Angeles roundabout transplants, uh, the one that ends in "Get off my freeways." Like, <laughs> if if you can't handle the heat, please get out of the kitchen. Because those of us who are fine with it would like some more room in the fucking kitchen. So, right. yeah, I, I, if it makes, if it's a natural filtration that gets people to broaden their horizons and sort of, in, you know, draws those sorts of people into electronic music, then it can only be a good thing where that is what fans kind of what demand when they're at festivals and that's what they get drawn to and then the people who draw festivals sort of see okay people are more interested in this band than that band this will make the headliners and then it becomes a positive cycle in that way but i think that's more of a oh, lofty goal good. than what fred again came for here i'm just kind of yeah. saying my hot take is good <laughs> let's do that in that case yeah um arbitrary scale um this week was we do arbitrary scales here on audio face because our review is our review um take it for what it is and listen to this record um, anyways, arbitrary scale is uh, Elon Musk's broken promises, which there are many, many broken promises. To me, this is the a thousand times he kept promising like SpaceX launches that would have to constantly get delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed because the, the technology wasn't there or they didn't have enough parts or weather or whatever, and they weren't able to get something up on time. Oh, God. Um, no, which is just like too many to count. Yeah, yeah. It's... <laughs> This is going to be his intent on creating X out of things. First, it wanted to be a payment process, and then it was a car thing. That's why there's a Tesla Model X. But he has the exception with X. He has X.com as a thing he owns. He wants to turn Twitter into, quote, X the everything app, like a Weibo or whatever, like oh, Facebook. And it, it, it's a failed and broken promise, and it's not going to work because... In many ways, Elon Musk owning Twitter is a poison pill. It was, you know, forcing him to buy it. And now it's going to be a poison pill on his reputation and his life and his future. And um, unfortunately, Twitter. So a good thing <laughs> Syndicate 23 Network is on a bunch of different platforms. And it's not just based on Twitter. And it's not even that heavily invested on Twitter. So um, high five for Dan on strategy. Anyways. All right, and uh, next album up review of the day, serving up Gary's way, we have uh, Junior Boy's Waiting Game. Uh, it's nine songs, 36 minutes long. Um, it's been, what, six years since we had a Junior Boy's record. Some and, might uh, say it's been a waiting game. It's been a waiting game, exactly. Um, honestly, surprised to get this album. Uh, and to help us with this review, we have Yun Bam here from the We Made a Podcast, friend of the show. Maybe he also from Power Report. Face. Maybe he doesn't. And also from Power Report. Yeah. And um, the biggest junior fans, junior boys fan in the world. So, you know, how to get him on to hear his opinion on uh, on the record. Yes. Go ahead, Bam. Jun junior Bam is here. Junior Bam. <laughs> junior Bam. Uh, also want to note that for Syndicate 23 members, which oh, you yeah. can come and join and help uh, grow what we're doing here also over at Power Report. We did a Junior Boys exclusive episode where you can go on to the history of junior boys bam and sean led me through that it was actually an easier editing experience than i expected so uh thanks for that question mark uh but definitely check that out that's exclusive usually we make bonus episodes eventually available to the public not this one join.syngit23.co to get it but the review of course um will be unleashing for you all here momentarily so yeah i'm really excited to hear what y'all think of this yeah i mean it, I had to listen to it several times to really get into it because it is very experimental. It is different. It is not what I expected from a Junior Boys record <laughs> at all. It is needless like, to say the most 
different junior boys record probably yet yeah absolutely like the opening track of must be all the wrong things i literally was like is this like all the wrong things is this the wrong album what did i put on here It's like some ambient, weird sounds, which I like. I love ambient music. I just didn't expect a Junior Boy record to be half ambient stuff with that. And I was like, this is interesting. It's a really beautiful layered opening track. But go ahead, Ben. I was um, kind of expecting it from listening to an interview that he did, uh, that Jeremy did last week, Mm. where he was talking about the album being slow and being like working on engineering an album to be quiet. Yeah. I was like, okay, maybe it is, maybe the, a lot of the album will be similar to Nightwalk, which was a single and similar to Waiting Game, which was a single. So I was kind of expecting that, but yeah, we did get an opening track that was ambient. Just <laughs> that's what you call it. <laughs> Yeah, it is very quiet. I can't wait to pull this and get the wavelength compared to everything else I'm doing for this episode because it's going to be very, very on the quiet side. But I think while this is much less energetic of a Junior Boys record than perhaps you're used to from listening to our past episodes or anything up to the Junior Boys up to this point, there's still a lot of energy in this record. And one thing I've talked about in the past is feeling like Junior Boys records don't, you know, I feel like they've all been very cohesive, but at different points to different levels. This is definitely the most cohesive, every song fits together as a project, Junior Boys record yet. Okay. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting. I, I don't know if I would even, I don't know if I would go that far. Um, hmm. I think Big Black Coat to me is the most cohesive, but with because the issues that i have with the waiting game is there are parts in like the middle of the album where it kind of speeds up and you have some good pretty good tracks and there's other parts where it slows down a little too much for me and it starts like example must be all around things a complete ambient track for five minutes 13 seconds and then you have night walk right after which is also a pretty slower track and that's the single that we did review um a few about a month month ago or so here on audio face and i mean i absolutely love night walk i really love it i love the vocals i love the really ambient drums in the background everything about that track i've been listening to it for a while and um it's nice for them to really pivot and make something different because you know they've been around for so long um even though as much as i like it to be you know some, a lot of techno and weird stuff it's cool that they like you know what slowed it down and yeah I, listening to that thing from jeremy as well he's how to make a slower record how to make different sounds and going on to like he keep you know i heard some things of him saying hey this is the most technological record that we made you know we've used different equipment that we've never used before get a bunch of different engineers over to come and help us with this to make these sounds that we have a very specific mind and idea and you really get that in the layering the first listen through i had i did not i really missed a lot of it and then the second listen through, I got more. And the third listen through, I got more. And I love records like that that really grow on you after after a while. And the third track, it never occurred to me, is like super glitchy. And I think like that's the epitome weird... of what you're talking about, where that yeah, layering, exactly. where you really benefit from having to listen to it a lot. And I even the track after that, Thinking About You, calms me down, where you get yeah. vocal layering with two different, like Amanda Woman's vocal kind of talking back and forth, where it gets to be this... It definitely feels more production-wise a step forward for Junior Boys, which I think Junior Boys, another thing they've done really well is they've never regressed when it comes to production quality. They've always been like, okay, we're working at another project. Let's up the ante here with whatever we're doing. I remember like there was such even a big jump from Last Exit to the second album that they made, so this is goodbye. And so you definitely see that here. It's definitely going up there. And then when you get that glitchy layering in those two songs... I really thought that you got, yeah, that callback to their older sound in a way, but definitely evolved for this newer, less, uh, less, 
chaotic is not the right word, but definitely less energetic is the wrong word too, because I still has energy and there's still definitely chaos in this album, like more on that and fidget for sure. But <laughs> it, much like the Arctic Monkeys have kind of figured out how their sound has matured. And so it's not a lot of like wicked guitar riffs. It's a little bit of a slower, groovier thing. This is that Junior Boys evolution, but it's an ambience pivot that I wasn't expecting, but I also generally really enjoy, especially with that um, Think About You Calms Me Down track. Thinking about you calms me down. It's just, just thinking about it. feel like with uh big black coat like there was a part of me that felt like that album was a bit rushed um and i feel like this album is like it took a long time and i think jeremy said they started working on it in january 2020 oh wow yeah and so and and they worked on it him and matt were together for a long period of time and they were working on it it does feel like very, very well produced. Like each track has so much to it that there is something to enjoy, even though it doesn't really feel like a traditional Junior Boys album in a lot of ways. But um, like it never occurred to me is uh, glitchy and weird, but I kind of like it. And it made me feel like that's a really cool track to play at the beginning of a DJ set. A hundred percent. Hell yeah. Yeah, because it's uh, it is a bit jarring, um, and I, I I feel like tracks uh, well because Jeremy is a DJ and he kind of comes from DJ culture in a way too. Tracks like that that have a lot of uh, space in them will get people's attention in in a in like a party club mm-hmm. setting with dance music. So, although that track like I like it, but it's like. It's not it's not the type of song you listen to over and over, but no. it, but I do like it though. But you know the track that you listen to over and over again is is yes too. I was could not I've been waiting all weekend to hear what your response was to. I was just like, well, they 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 fucking did it. They literally just named a song yes too. It's just like Sean, <laughs> we know you're listening. <laughs> is that because yes is my favorite Junior Boys track ever? Okay. Like because that that kiss, uh, kiss me on a EP I have listened to on repeat for years, <laughs> and when I say yes to, I'm like, all right, don't fuck it up, and I'm like, oh my sh- this Jesus, this is just beautiful. It's just It's a callback to oh, so many previous works that they've done, and and it still fits within this record. The production is beautiful. It's crisp. It's yeah. It's just it, it, it's them at their best. It, yeah, honestly, it, to me, it sounds like Jesse Lanza. Like yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Like when I heard, it, I'm like this because like Jesse Lanza does a lot of like the real kind of R and B. Well, and then you know Jeremy produces a lot of that. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like he's the co-producer with her. So yeah, it sound it, like it almost sounds like a song that like they worked on that she didn't use. So he's like, okay, like I'll I'll keep I'll keep it and like add my own thing to it. Um, but yeah, no, yes, two is a certified banger. Certified banger, it is. Oh, Even man. like a, when Dan was talking about thinking about you calms me down. I, I like that track a lot too, and I've and um. Like I think he's like singing on like the three eighths beat on there or something. Like he's like kind of singing off beat a bit. Um, but I like that. And there are some songs that are like kind of popular that are like that, um, where it's like he's coming in on the three eighth. Oh, yeah. You yeah. Know? Um, but it also like slows down toward like at the end too. Like yes, two does as well. Like both of those tracks. Now we like if you're listening to this album in order. 
okay, you know, it's kind of slow and then and then it gets weird with never occurred. And then you get these two tracks that are like, okay, like we're gonna get into the junior boys. Nope. And then, and then it changes on you again. <laughs> yeah. And then and then dumb audio pops up and then it's like uh, 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 we're back to ambient. Okay. You're like, oh, you are doing this ambient thing. <laughs> exactly. No, 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 <laughs> Yeah, and I actually, so there's a special place in my heart I have for dumb audio. A, it was one of those things where I did my glance over of the title listing before I even hit play on the first song. But my first listen, I was like, dumb audio, that's a hilarious name. I even saw that before I hit yes too. So there's that in there too. And it's very ambient, but it has this little bloopy thing in the background that Sean will understand what I'm talking about. You'll probably yep. understand like two uh, bands that do, 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 do. Like yep. it's helps it give some sort of energy, some sort of thing where in ambient shoegazy tracks where you can kind of get lost in the sound, the wall of sound that's kind of around you. It's helpful to have some point or a couple different points instrumentally to help you anchor in the song as it's going. But definitely does, I, I get your point, as you're playing the record through all the way, which I would encourage, and I fully think DJ boys, DJ boys, junior boys, are capable of creating a DJ mix like as an album where it plays through well start to finish. They definitely did like a hard break, like a handbrake pull when it came to dumb audio. It was very much different, which makes me almost think that maybe fidget and dumb audio could have been switched around. Or put together, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's and that's that's my only problem with the album. That's why we were saying it was cohesive earlier. I mean, it's cohesive in a way, but I don't like the pacing of the record. That's my only main complaint. I do like it. I like a lot of the sounds. I can fidget. It's really cool with the way some of the, like the building of it and everything, kind of the building blocks through it. It reminds me of some really late 90s early aughts kind of ambient music that you'll get like some cigarettes things that i've listened to that like really long ambient tracks that you'll get to and it's just they build and build but they're shorter on the record the issue with is it's just when you put that after yes and uh the other track it just slows the record a little too much to where then by the end of it you're like okay what's what's going on like where are we going with it and that's kind of my only major problem with it the rest of the though I, I i do enjoy i even like the last two tracks samba on sama and waiting game waiting game is amazing but more on that a bit yeah i i i would agree with that um the kind of the pacing too because i i, and I think for us to actually listen to junior boys albums in the past we did you, there is that build-up with uh thinking about you and yes too so you're kind of thinking you're going to get more of that and it definitely you know you know we're we're used to something from Junior Boys, yeah. So we're just like we want to hear Jeremy's voice, we want to hear up tempo, and yeah, it slows it down a lot. Fidget it, Fidget does have like a beat to it, but it there's a part of it that feels like it, it feels like something more is going to happen in the record, mm -hmm. and then it stops. Yeah, it feels like it could be like a transitional song almost, but yeah. it's. A transitional song in between two rather ambient tracks so it's really not definitely samba on sama gives you something a little bit more to like sink your teeth into and i appreciate oh, that sure. about that and really the last two songs do that for the record which oh, yeah. I, I enjoy it and when, when i accept my last thing i'll say on this when i accept that they are dipping headfirst into a very deeply ambient project with a little bit of a junior boys flair or take on it I enjoy and even forgive some of the weirder points they take me on because it's like, hey, this is the journey we want to try to do in our like most yeah experimental way. I'll I'll even concede it's a really fun dynamic doing three three people in one thing that like it's a really experimental kind of track kind of uh, record overall. Yeah, I, I agree, and and me too. Like I love Junior Boys, so. You know, if they want to do something different, I'm down. Like I'm with it. Um, speaking about Sambo and Sama, I honestly feel like that's Sambo. One of the <laughs> Whoa! Uh, <laughs> um, I think that's one of the best Junior Boy songs ever.
Samba. Samba on Samba. Yeah, like Samba on Samba, yeah. Um, Yeah, like that has like the rhythm of a Junior Boys record. And then it has some saxophone also. Mm -hmm. Like, like if I had to rank my Junior Boys songs, it's probably in the top five. Um, Give us some others really fast. Let me be in that top five. And you don't have to give all four, and you and not have to give them in order. Just like, just to give us like a little taste of what you're talking about here. Okay, well, I'm deep junior boys, so uh, you know Dope. these are. The reservoir is one of my favorites. Um, probably uh, the song "Last Exit" from the Last Exit album, but oh. I feel I'm a little bit annoyed because it also has saxophone, so it just sounds like I listen to saxophone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and maybe I'll throw in, and I'll probably throw in sneak a picture, like though, and I'll I'll leave it alone from there. Okay, but so these are very Sama, very good. Yeah, Samoan Sam is one of those. Like when I heard it, it almost reminded me of like the '90s jazz CDs my dad would yeah, play. Okay, <laughs> like those kind of like random jazz kind of like. But like contemporary jazz a little mm-hmm. bit. Um and yeah, just all like everything going on in that song is perfect to me. Like amazing song. Yeah, I think it's a great this is another example of a classic audio face thing, which is with artists who you trust in doing one thing when they take a leap and trying to do a different style musically ride with them, trust them on that because they've earned some of that trust. They're cashing in on a lot of that. And oftentimes, it's usually worth it. It's sometimes a misstep. And even during those missteps, we'll f- credit artists for, you know, trying something different as we did with Drake earlier this year uh, while then proceeding to trash it. But uh, this is definitely one of those cases where this, this is a record that is worth listening to a lot of different times. And it helps me get into, you know, like, we're 250 episodes into this podcast, and Bam, I think you're one of the first guests too. Like either on episode, I think 10, I believe. But <laughs> Bam will know. But he just he just remembers Radiohead and some whoa. Uh, but I, I know that I, I didn't start this podcast liking folk or uh, certain electronic music or even certain rap music as much as I do now. And Ambient is one of those things that's kind of like floating on the background, but this is one of those albums that can help you enjoy a subgenre more than you might have ordinarily would have, just because it's a good entry point for that. And so I really appreciate Junior Boys for that. Um, Live, I would like to see them kick it up a notch a little bit though, for sure. That was going to be my question, like not not to them, but just like I wonder what they're going to do with some of these songs live. But when I saw them in 2016, um, they didn't really play a lot of the songs from Big Black Coat. I want to say it was two. Um, So I would imagine like they'll only play maybe two or three songs from this album. Um, As long as they play, as long as they play yes to when I see them, I'm I'm happy camper. I I wonder, honestly, I don't know. Like I, I feel like thinking about you is going to, it's like too fast. Like it's kind of too hard to do live. Like, I don't feel like he's going to want to do that live. Um, I can see elements of these songs making it into live mixes, right? Like, you know, maybe as transitions, which, you know, they would work as, or you get elements of maybe bleed some dumb audio, but like make it faster or use it as an element that warps into parallel lines or double shadow or something like it, 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 could, yeah. it could be really interesting like that and i think and junior boys are great djs live and perfectly capable of surprising us and doing stuff like that but yeah definitely live this is not not one you play to shake your ass to for sure no <laughs> it only has maybe two like i think it has three songs that are like that um and hopefully like i'd be down if they just play think about you yes too and uh samba like Oh, I'm, that's yeah, great. I'm, that's it. I'm good. Die yeah. happy. Can die happy. That works. But I think I think they'll probably do Nightwalk. Um, yeah, because it's a single. Yeah, I don't think they'll do Thinking About You. Like I, I feel like that's no. that's too much work. <laughs> <laughs> Here, wait, here's my question though: Is this your least favorite Junior Boys album? No, no. R- really? What? Which one is? 
But okay, because I have to be honest, this is if I'm taking all the other albums, this is my least, this has the least amount of songs that I'm going to listen to. I'll, and this is going to be heartbreaking for you, but It's All True is definitely my least favorite Junior Boys record. <laughs> okay. Damn. Um, <laughs> it's not a bad uh, record. I mean, I, mean, I like it. It's, it's just definitely my least favorite. It's just favorite. for me, it's like I, Last Exit, I've ne- I, I like last, last Exit, but I only like a couple tracks from Last Exit. I can understand. It's like as a play. Th- as a playthrough, I've never, I never super got into it compared to a bunch of the other records. Like, so this is goodbye. Um, Begun to care, you know. Begone thought. I fucking love beyond begone thought. Um, those are ones like I listen to a lot, a lot, and obviously Big Bucko. So you think that this one with a solid, shorter, it's more cohesive. Three or four, just like ambient tracks. I like ambient music a lot. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, my, one of my favorite bands is Cigaros. Cigaros yeah, will yeah. make a fifteen minute song. Fifteen minute song. I'll be sitting there in the crowd, be like, just put another five minutes, and I'm good. This oh. review is very quickly becoming almost as long as the album. We do arbitrary <laughs> scales every week on Audio Face because our review is our review. <laughs> and this week we are doing, as we've talked about earlier on the episode, that we've totally recorded already. Uh, Elon, Musk, uh, Elon Musk's. Uh, promises that he is broken. So, in doing that arbitrary scale of Elon Musk's promises that have been broken, what are we all going to give it to on the floor? What's going to this album? This is definitely when he said that the uh, Cybertruck glass is bulletproof and grabs a rock and it fucking breaks the glass. It's that broken promise. My favorite, my personal favorite. One. This is going to be when he said that you're going to be able to rip batteries from underneath Teslas and then install new ones at gas stations. And like everyone thought, oh yeah, that's not going to cost like $11 trillion to actually do at scale. To just like replace the car batteries, the most expensive part of the bitch. Like, I can't believe we all fell for that. I mean, for me, y'all fell for that. For me, it's gonna be um, whatever he did or didn't do when it came to those kids in Thailand in that cave, um, and not, but not what he called that guy that was gonna rescue them. I yeah, forgot about that. Holy that that shit. that's what spawned my tweet. That that yeah, was I the did. one. I know. Yep, that, that was, was it. The, yeah. <laughs> Gone but not forgotten. Anyways, um, pour one out for twitter.com. The, thank you, Bam, very much. Folks can You're find welcome. you on We Made It Podcast coming out every week, especially with all of the World Cup stuff going on. I'll probably be jumping in there for a little bit just to be, you know, doing some imperial trolling. We'll figure out where. I'll, I'll pick an empire and I'll start trolling. And then, of course, on Power Report, as we are doing all of the election coverage, the fallout from the elections as uh, they're already being contested before they have even happened. We're recording a week and a half before Election Day. And uh, Bam will give us super good election coverage because he has that Ultra 6G booster. So we'll be good. Absolutely. Uh, See you guys and uh, stay black. (laughs) Appreciate it. Last album review of the day, serving up Gary's way. We have Love for Rent by Smino. 15 songs, 50, uh, six, 51 minutes. Let's, let's give him that one second uh, advantage to let's it. Talk about <laughs> <laughs> we on Audio Face listen to even a second extra of an album. <laughs> Grammy's on God. Um, Smino has been a, yes, absolutely. Smino has been it's a rapper been a- that um, I have been looking at for a while. We. If we didn't review Noir, if we, we if we didn't review Noir in 2018, I at least did it as a music recommendation because I've been liking a lot of Smino's sound and his style, and I like the way he collaborates. Think in the same sort of alternative neo pop R and B vibe as a J Cole or an Earth Gang, uh, but definitely Earth Gang is a good yeah comparison. Yeah, yeah, but I would say like you know. Yeah, yeah, not necessarily compared to J. Cole, but like the J. Cole and Son sort of thing. Like, would be would well fit in Revenge of the Dreamers, that sort of squad, right? Yeah. Definitely one of those. And I mean, there is a J. Cole feature on here that goes extremely yeah. hard. And yeah, more on that in a second. Yeah. Let's, I guess, I'm going to stop saying really fast the catchphrase with 2023 because usually that's when Dan's about to go into like a three minute lecture. I'm going to say... Yeah, that, that is your pause it for a sec. <laughs> yeah, but rap is down bad. We've talked about that a lot this year. There have been very few rap records that rise to the top, and what 
rises to the top is not only a rap ability and talent and skill, which we're seeing a little bit better of that's definitely on the rise, even with some of the crappier records. What makes a crappier rap record is that production-wise, it doesn't do anything creative or anything promising. That's the direct opposite of what Love for Rent is. It's unique and it's different, and that's why it's in contention for... It, 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 definitely an honorable mention, probably a nomination for one of the rap albums of the year, but like it's going to be within that top five or six because it has. I, it's definitely on there. Yeah, it has solid rap pedigree just with Smino alone. I'm not even counting features. And it's pretty light with features as well, which is a solid good choice in rap as well. But the instrumentation is unique, it is different, it is still a vibe, it still fits within trap music, it's still energetic, it still has all of, for better or worse, the tropes, but I think it is a good execution of something that is goddamn different. It's not so much trap snare, it's, you know, unique instrumentation and sounds, and I would expect nothing less from Smino, I just think the execution surprised even me. Yeah, and this is the thing that, like, we've been getting a lot more thought out rap albums we've been getting like granted we're always going to get the shitty records here or there oh also by the way i I forgot to mention um on the yb scale scale yb better or not yb is like on yb is not even in the universe like this this is way better than yb yb's star exploded like four billion light years ago (laughs) in comparison to smino man yeah way way gone we're not gonna. Uh, science will not understand what happened for like five more generations, dude. We're not gonna have the technology, nor will like we be able to see that in space yet. Like, not even happening. No. YB definitely not better. No, exactly. Um, I love the construction of this record a lot. Um, you have like, uh, example, no L's. Um, I absolutely love how it grows. Like. It starts off with just like Spino going, it has a really cool chat beat, and then the way it just crescendos and builds, and you have all the other vocals and the choir in the background that goes. It's just a wonder. It's wonderful. It reminds me a lot of like early Kendrick and even some early even Staples works and stuff, and things that I absolutely love, where it's that mixing of neo pop and trap that I think it could be done in one of two ways, right? You could do it in a really cheap, shitty way, like a Drake way or a future way, or you do it like this with Smino. And it's just, it's when you really get to tell a story and you get to hear it, you get to really live in that moment that he's creating, the world and a record that he's creating. And with on that, it's like, oh, wow, this is really, really unique with that. And I like that. Um, the third song with 90 Proof with J. Cole, I normally, I've really been on like anti-J. Cole trope for it's basically since KOD. Damn tear um, really near, because, I mean, for a lot of different reasons, it's been a, a little bit while, and this is episode 250, so why not play some of the audio face hits? What are some of the reasons, Sean, you dislike J. Cole? Um, well, I mean, he makes a song called KOD, basically making fun of, like, SoundCloud rap and kids everything. Kids on drugs. And, like, kids, yeah, exactly, kids on drugs. Direct insane, target like- to Lil Pump. Exactly. And then the dude sits down with a little pump and then goes over and he goes, guys, guys, he's he makes decent music. He's not that bad. Blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, a little pump is nowhere to be found because his music is ass. No one gives a shit about him. And J. Cole was wrong. That's number one. There is like a million other tropes. And he's basically been nominated for the Nota Little Bitch Award about 47 times. Remember when he tried to play professional basketball and then quit because he sucked so bad and had to leave. And now he's on like the cover of one of the NBA's. Like, I think on 2K23 or something, I'm like, dude, There's a special edition of one of the NBA games. I remember reading that on a hike. I had, like, no service, and I was like, bro, what? (laughs) (laughs) 3% battery could have died. Like, that was, like, one of our last ways that all my uh, people I was hiking with would get power. And I'm, like, scrolling news like a goddamn fiend. And I'm like, bro, why is J. Cole going to be on the cover of this special edition of NBA? There are... More letters in J. Cole's name than points he scored the entire season. <laughs> and I'm not even talking about the government. I'm talking about the rap name. J. Cole. Five. Like, I think he scored four points. Maybe six. Maybe six. Anyways. Uh, overall, this was a really good track. I really like 90 Proof. <laughs> I was just a thing. I got a real one of our bros. She never would leave me. I got a real one of our bros. She never would leave me. I got a real one of our bros. She never would leave me. I got a real one. Yeah, uh, I bought a condo and it's cozy. My name is Nosy as 
fuck they see a young nigga walk in with his kids, they don't know who he is, they don't know that he up. No chain on no rolly, I move around dolly and touch. Not cause I'm hard, but cause I got God, I heard it. With any proof, I love it, actually. I really like him as a feature. It's cool because it's, you know, it does that two songs in one, right? It starts off with this really cool, like, neo-pop tra- tra- uh, track, I should say, if I could speak English, that I really like. It has, like, a little bit of Afrobeats in there almost, and it's cool. It's It reminds me a bit of Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, where you have some things where it's, like, a spoken word thing with the choir in the background really telling a story, and then halfway through... Then just like literally just switch, switches on a beat and goes right into um, the trap with J. Cole. And I like, I like it. I really like it as a feature. I like his flow. I like the rap on it. And it fits perfectly within the record. So first, again, it's the first J. Cole thing I've liked in a long time. Now there's, I'm still on the fence with how I feel about this broader trend of songs that, or albums that... Oh, yeah, the- yeah, they do that switch. They do in the, the switch. I still don't know. I honestly, I don't know either. Sometimes I don't want it to become too much of a trend. Oh, we're there. We are there. Yeah, because I, this yeah. album does it multiple times. There are a couple other albums here and there that do it multiple times. Like we are well on that path already. I just think that, yeah, there are some times where it's done kind of tastefully and other times where it's done to lazily hack two rappers' features together where it right. could have been like, they, that used to be... <laughs> I hope I'm not a backpack rapper or like a backpacker for these like basic ass things. But the whole point of having a crossover is because you have two artists working together on the same thing. Just because, and yeah, that limitation can be drawn out for a little bit. But I think that you start to lose that when you have them on two different beats. Like, F- fundamental basics all right the jimmy timmy power hour was cool because uh jimmy neutron was flat <laughs> and timmy turner was like in three dimensions like that was a cool thing like <laughs> it- it's nicer when you have artists working together on the same beat it just feels like it's a class above because you're forcing a lot of times rappers like you know in real basics you're forcing a lot of times rappers with different styles to work on the same beat and when you just like cut the songs differently together like travis scott kind of popularized you know it, it just cheapens it for sure um but i think on this record while it's done quite a bit i think it's not done in a way that's too distracting yeah i like it how it's done in this record a lot that's kind of what, like what i was alluding to before where I don't want it to become such a trend where you get those tropes. Like next year is what kind of what I'm alluding to. Like we're turning to the tail tail end of this year. We got it a bit last year, like with Baby Keem record and a few others. Um, and you got a lot this year. So I'm just don't want it to get that. I like I like how it's done in Love for Rent, where it's done that thoughtful, tasteful way, and that that that's kind of what I like. But anyways. Going on to more of the record, you have tracks like Right After Night Proof, Pro Freak, Olas Kendrick, which Olas Kendrick goes hard. I love that. Which like the really cool beat with it where it goes to do. Yeah. Um, but it's like like right on the borderline of being annoying, but not being annoying to where I could just it's it's like towing that line of just where I could tolerate. It's where I love it, which is like definitely that. a Smino thing. I mean, that's a lot of when yeah, I've introduced pe- other people to Smino, they're like either love his voice, they hate his voice, they like the sort of like twingy sort of like stylings that he does either in his voice or in his production or they dislike it and that's totally fair uh i think that it's done in a way that is stylistic enough while usually not being too annoying personally yeah and then i you get to my favorite track on the record which is euphoria with crusa I like this track so much. I love how it just wraps around your head with the way it sounds, like the um, the way the production is, and they have that really cool bass line. It's dark. It's beautiful. The voices are going back and forth. It's just it's so good. I like that track a lot. I listened to it a lot uh, since Friday, and um, it's just one of those things that 
I really like when you get to mix like you know, EDM sounds, ambient music, a couple other things, and mix it into neo pop, into rap, into trap. Because to me, those are when you get the best projects. Because there's endless opportunity, endless sounds you can make, and Euphoria is one of that. I love it. Yeah. Um, Mode in a minute later down with Folix and Lucky yeah. Days does the Lucky same Dave. thing. Um, and I actually found where I kind of take it back. Pudgy with Smino and Lil Uzi Vert. I think that was one of the better executions of, okay, you have two rappers with different styles. The songs work together, like both parts work together enough for me to go, okay, this is a complete work and this is a complete track. But I've been also finding, I thought, one of Lil Uzi Vert's projects from like 2020, I forget. Oh, Eternal to Take was actually like not that bad, but I found his later features to be just extremely annoying. This is my first Uzi Vert in the feature in a while. I'm like, okay, I can deal with this. I can bang with this. This is pretty good. I, lo I love it. Yeah. I, I love Fake Skull Crush Diamond um, himself on it, where I wonder if that's a testament to Smino um, and like his ideas and the sound that he wants to make on a record along with his production team because I feel like that's one thing that we get a lot of features, right? We hear a lot of different rappers on on records and on projects and you get some things where, you know, you'll hear, like example on a Drake record, right? Or my, the one, the biggest example I like to make is Donda last year where we hear these features and they feel phoned in. They feel like they're rushed or they don't sound that great. But on this record with Smino, we have, you know, Lucky Day, Folix, Cruza, um, J. Cole, Luzivert, some Ray artists Lynette, that I love. Corey Henry. Ray Lynette. Okay. Exactly. It's just Feminist so many scoop. People. And also Doichi. Doichi I've been looking at for a while as well. And she's got this really intense style. I think she did uh I'm not gonna speak out of turn here, but that's just like I heard a lot of songs she's done. They're really, really just like she has that style of like SoundCloud punk emo, but in rap mm -hmm. that's really interesting. Like a Rico nasty adjacent. So like, but you barely even get that in the song she's in. Well, um, Pro Freak that we mentioned earlier. So it shows that she's got a lot of versatility, and so I, I really like this new cop artist here. Well, the thing too is you get that versatility, I think, because Smino allows it. Because Smino's mm -hmm. like, hey, like, I want you on the project in this, but this is the sound. This is the idea I have. This is like, there's a production team I'm working with, blah, blah, blah. This is what I want to have done. And when you have good artists that make really good music, right, they tend to take people that I might not necessarily really like. I might not necessarily like as a feature. I'm like, ah, shit, I'm not going to like this track. And then make them really good. Example with Kendrick and um, Kodak Black. I don't really like Kodak Black, but I thought he was so fucking good unless I'm around the big steppers. And then you get Donda and it, uh, last year with Kanye, and all those features just sound like ass. And they're really bad. Or even, like, example, 21, one of my favorite rappers, if not my favorite rapper right now. He goes on DJ Khaled track, and it's awful. He doesn't I, sound good. I was just going to point. And oh. so, like, I think you're getting to a really important, like, audio face conversation here. This is a classic yeah. 250 episode here. It was like, what separates a good from a great album here, especially in rap? Because, boy, are we trying to fucking figure it out this year. And I think you're really hitting on an important thing, which is having an artist and having a production team. And that comes from the top down of what the artist wants and making sure they are all on the same page about allowing creativity and allowing different reach. Because contrast to DJ Khaled, who has all of the resources and DJ Khaled is like the CNN of rap music. All right. You have all of the resources, you have all of the celebrities and you get the blandest, driest, like most milk toast product ever. Like, it, it, yeah. And 
and, and they and they somehow complain when their bare minimum is not number one. Like yeah. one of the better announced again, secretly one of the like cumulative audio I face episodes we've done here. But overall, Smino killed it on this record. I'd go through the whole thing. We spent a lot of time talking about it already here, but um I'd say 50 minutes did feel pretty long on the longer side. There aren't really tracks I would move around or move out here. So oh, I think it's trying a couple here or there maybe, but honestly, if it's worthy of 50 minutes. Yeah. I, I'd, say, I'd say hang it out there. I feel just my retention span just getting worse and worse, but I, I'm, I'm looking back and I do the whole, oh, where would I cut it? Why do I not think this is worth 50 minutes thing? Nothing. I, I, I can't really change it. So this is an album to watch. This is definitely one of those sleepers this year. I'm glad we were able to get on the rundown this week because there are going to be a lot That's of good. other weirder releases this week, but thankfully we figured it out. Anyways, um, this is... Ar- oh, Arbitrary Scale? Yes. Arbitrary Scale Arbitrary this week. Arbitrary Scale. Um, Elon Musk's um, failed promises. This is the Boring Company. This is the whole <laughs> bullshit project of the fucking Boring Company. And when uh, when friend of the show Poncho worked at uh, SpaceX, hearing his Allegedly. stories of uh, of uh, him talking about yo, they're just digging up the parking lot where we go for the Boring Company tunnel. That doesn't work. It's just sitting there for like <laughs> two years. That's I expect. What's up with the Boring Company, dude? It's just a hole. <laughs> it's just like we got some loose piping under the Hawthorne Airport. <laughs> Like, and then you go inside it, and then you still get fucking traffic. It's like, that's not how you solve it. You yeah, solve I, it with public transportation, for fuck's sake. Yeah, I love... I cannot wait till DFGI 21 releases, because it's going gonna, it's gonna to be really good. Anyways, um, this, for me, is going to be, on that token, the Hyperloop, because... Ah, yeah, Elon Musk. yeah. California cannot figure out how to build a train. I... Oh. I I am as old, like, we are as old as California's high-speed rail, like, project, and we're probably going to be double our age before you can even ride it from, like, Fresno to Bakersfield, (laughs) So, like, let alone, like, the big cultural centers where places need to be. No offense to Fresno and Bakersfield. Again, like I said on my um, Pod Yourself the Wire episode, Fresno, at least it's not Madeira. Anyways, um, this has been Audio Face. What does it mean to play us out? Thank you for listening to Audio Face. Um, you can follow us uh, follow us at um, Audio Face Pod on all social medias. You can follow me at SW Suarez if I trust you or not. Um, and with Dan, you can follow Dan from Dan from the web on Instagram. Dan from the internet on Instagram. Oh, yeah, you do it. Fuck it. Dan Fuck from the internet on Dan. Instagram. Dan from the internet on TikTok. <laughs> Dan from the web on Twitch. Dan from the web on what remains of Twitter. Uh, Sean can be found whether we trust you or not at SW Suarez. The whole show can be found at, S- at Audio Face Pod, wherever you. This is a, it's a lot of things. Um, well, let's just all use one social network that is controlled by a different malevolent billionaire. Um, <laughs> how, wh- why can't we all unite under um, Warrenson's umbrella? No, no. <laughs> Virgin Social. I was gonna say. Wa- I was gonna say Warren Buffett Social Media Network. <laughs> it, it feels like edgy LinkedIn would be like Warren Buffett Social Media Network, and I think that probably yeah. that probably shape us all a lot better. Um, this is not an endorsement of Warren Buffett. This has been episode 250 officially of Audio Face. <laughs> and to make this even crazier, the a couple of episodes a while back, because this is episode 250 official of Audio Face, we've done a bunch of bonus episodes. We've done a bunch of ev- extra things here and there. There's some member ones behind there. But it was episode 246, or actually, that was actually the 300th episode of Audio Face. So we'll probably have an episode 300 sub- celebration. We're definitely going to do the are in person audio face awards of course but 300 episodes and the youtube's growing really nicely the podcast is going really nicely um we've barely done a single ad in the podcast because i've just been really lazy but um i, I hope you all been enjoying that we're <laughs> gonna be changing that as soon as possible and uh but yeah seriously thank you it wouldn't be worth doing if it weren't for the audience that is um, supporting us, giving us music to recommend and listen to, and of course the team that has helped put Audio Face together from behind the scenes constantly working um, Kyle, Peter Austin uh, Bam who has helped from episodes from time to time 
Riley and Annie who have helped with branding and design things. Uh, all the numerous people who have given advice to Audio Face um, since then. Uh, why not give a shout out to Carl? Why not give a shout out to uh, Gene and Poch and everyone too? And yeah, Sean as well. <laughs> you. Let's just this fucking. Uh, and, and, and lastly, God. Uh, any one of the gods you want to pick. <laughs> Buddha, Allah, Jesus, Jehovah. Um, <laughs> they, they're the kicking me out the ones. door. They're kicking me out the door. They're kicking me out the door. Okay, now. Um, thank you, everyone. Uh, we will be doing more episodes for you all. Cheers. Yes. Bye. <laughs> thank Carl. I lost it. <laughs> thank Carl. <laughs>